Congratulations, baseball fans. We've made it the week of opening day. We'll talk about the Astros' remaining roster decisions, some health updates, and we'll preview the opening series against the White Sox. It's the sweet 16th episode of Stone Cold Strohs, and it starts right now. Welcome to Stone Cold Shows. I'm Brandon Strange. The man in the middle slot is Sports Map Houston's senior content contributor, Charlie Palillo. You can follow him on Twitter at Palillo and read his weekly column on sportsmap.com. Next to him is the guy who edits that column and more. It's sportsmap.com editor and host of ESP 97.5 and 92.5 FM's Moneyline. Josh Jordan, follow him on Twitter at Josh Jordan 975. Charlie, Josh, welcome in. I'm almost certain you two guys can back me up on this. Barry Manilow, right? Looks like we made it. Hooray for all of us. Play freaking ball. For real. I don't know about Barry Manilow, but I can back you up on play ball. Guys, I teased it in the open. Opening week is here. Opening day is Thursday. The reigning, defending, undisputed world champions take the field to take on all challengers in an attempt to become the 15th team in MLB history to win back-to-back World Series. Let's cover it this way. We'll cover final roster spots for position players, then pitchers, and then we'll preview the opening series against the White Sox. Let's start with position players. Health updates are as follows. Altuve had that thumb surgery. Uh, He's looking at eight to nine weeks before he can resume baseball activities. That's not even when he can be back on the roster. That's just when he can start doing those activities. Brantley projected the return in April, although Dusty made it sound like Brantley's stint on the IL will require more than just those 10 days. Astros likely begin the year with Tucker, McCormick, uh, Jake Myers, and Alvarez, assuming Jordan's ready to go, and Maldi, Abreu, Jose Abreu, that is, Maldi, Abreu, Bregman, and Pena in the infield, utility players David Hensley, Mauricio Dubon, and either Yiner Diaz uh, or Corey Lee. And now things get interesting. We get into the J.J. Manicheviks of the world, the Bly Madras of the, of the world, and a third catcher in possibly either Lee or, or, or Diaz. Justin Dearden, Corey Jukes, also in the conversation, but those guys are not on the 40-man roster, so uh, the other guys have an advantage with Brant Lake expected to return in April. So, guys, how do you see them rounding out uh, the outfield in those utility spots? How they round them out versus how we might choose to round them out. Uh, You alluded to the 40-man roster situation. It's not a big deal to clear a spot. They have multiple pitchers that you're saying, if you remove them from the 40-man roster, you're not stripping your farm system bare. Right? Uh, Three years ago, Anoli Paredes looked like a guy who might be a flamethrower out of the bullpen. Now, eh, he's not a factor. Uh, Parker Mashinsky's down the left-handed relief pitcher totem pole. So if you wanted to get Tyler Dearden on the roster because you think that's best for the start of the season for the 2023 Houston Astros, which is kind of the point, that's the way that I would go and the left-handed bat element to their outfield mix. Uh, If I had a better grip on how long Brantley would be out, let's presume it'll be two to three weeks where we know Altuve, it's June before he's going to play. Uh, I doubt they'll want to carry both the young catchers where they're getting piecemeal playing time. One should be playing every third game, right? Maldonado should not be starting more than two out of every three games. So you're going to, you know, split up one third of the starts between Corey Lee and Yiner Diaz. Uh, Can Diaz get a taste as a DH maybe against a little left-handed pitching? 
Uh, Abreu has played first base pretty much every day, 150 games plus at 35 years of age. Maybe you want to back him off of that a little bit. And there's a spot start available at first base for Yiner, who's played there a little. Corey Lee got a taste there this spring. Um, you know, nothing that's going to really warp the roster with the, the final decision. You mentioned Matt Ajevic. Since he's not a meaningful prospect, a guy they're not worried about, hey, we have to get him every day at bats at AAA for the development of the player, as opposed to Lee and or Diaz. Uh, maybe Matt Ajevic gets that last spot because we're talking – we know who the nine guys basically of the opening day lineup are going to be. And then you have a backup catcher, you have Dubon, and then you have two spots left. Uh, I might go with both the catchers and Dearden. Pretty sure the Astros won't go with that combo. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning to, Charlie. I'd, I'd like to see Dearden, but as we've seen from Brian McTaggart, a lot of others, these guys that aren't on the 40-man roster already, not as likely to make it even as much as we'd like to see them. They're exciting with Brantley coming back in April. They just may not want to make that move. Uh, Matajevic makes some sense. He can play some first base for you. He can play some left field. I think we're going to see a lot of Jake Myers, Chaz McCormick, Kyle Tucker. I think that's what's going to look like early in the season until Brantley comes back. And we'll see how much they play Jordan at DH, DH as opposed to left field. Uh, McTaggart noted that uh, both backup catchers hit well, but didn't really separate themselves uh, from the other. If Diaz makes this team also, and if Diaz and Corey Lee both make this team, is it most likely we see Diaz at first base before we actually see him at catcher? Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Uh, Lee, they gave a few reps at first base, but I don't think he's considered a, a serious option to play, play first base. Uh, you know, Yiner in left field. Now, the standards are a little bit different when the Astros could stick Chris Carter out in left field here or there. Carlos Lee was an everyday player there for a few years. So you don't just want to say, ah, oh, the small left field at, at Minute Maid Park, you can put any galoot out there and he's not going to embarrass you too badly. Uh, but for a spot start here or there, as Josh alluded to, I do think they, they're not going to play Jordan 75% of the games in left field, even if both hands were, were feeling great. So, you know, Dusty has time to ease into the season, work it out. You'd like to say meritocracy rules, but although sample sizes by definition in spring training are all pretty small, if it was meritocracy, Dearden would be on the opening day roster. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely killed it. Arguably had the best spring training out of everybody this year. So Dearden's showing he could do that. He can he can play defensively really well, and he's swinging the bat. But we'll see. You know, Dusty likes his veterans, too. It's early on that this will probably be pretty fluid as we get started here in April. Who knows when McCullers is going to come back, and as we mentioned, Brantley. So, you know, they'll be juggling, juggling these rosters a little bit. Let's talk arms right now. I haven't seen an update on Lance McCullers. I don't know if you guys have seen anything, but I haven't seen anything. And I'd like to think that no news is good news. I cannot say that confidently. Astros option Matt Gage to Sugarland, which means once again, poor, poor Dusty has no lefties in his arsenal. It seemed to work out fine last year. Uh, the six guys we know uh, have spots locked up. Brian Abreu, Maton, Montero, Neris, Presley, and Stanek. So that leaves three guys to fight over two spots. Belak, Blanco, and Martinez projected to fight over those last two spots. Martinez was steady last year in limited appearances, looked good. Uh, Blanco has turned some heads in spring. And uh, Belak can give you multiple innings. He can go deep for you uh, in, in relief or maybe even give you a start. What do you see them doing here? I mean, Martinez should make it. 
he was outstanding at the major league level right. last season. And just uh, the numbers game precluded him from having any sort of role in the postseason. But, and again, sample size, we're talking 25, 30 innings, but he was terrific in the big leagues last year. Uh, Blanco, I guess, by the standards of Astro spring training, was somewhat the pitching story of the spring. And Dana Brown lauding him in a guy, hey, let's stretch him out and let's see what he has his starting capacity for Astro's organizational depth going into the season. Well, stretching him out means if early in the season you have a starter going only three and two-thirds innings, high pitch count or knocked out of the box, uh, Blanco is a two-three inning guy. If they think he's better than Belak, well, there's my answer. Uh, give Blanco the opportunity. He was on the opening day roster last year, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Belak to me is more of an organizational guy who, in a pinch, can make a spot start here or there. But if Dana Brown's not bluffing about his uh, Blanco enthusiasm, I'd uh, back it up and, and keep him on the big squad. Yep, I'm with Charlie here. Blanco, give me the upside, man. I know what Belak is. Let, let's see what Blanco can turn into. Seth Martinez. He's shown you everything you need to see. Let's give this guy a shot. Uh, As far as McCullers, I saw an update, I believe, Saturday. He threw about 30 pitches off a flat ground. I'm already seeing Rodon with the Yankees is is throwing bullpen sessions from the mound and actually working in his breaking ball. And and he got a little dinged up, if I remember right, after McCullers. So that's not the most hopeful news we're getting there, that it seems like McCullers is maybe a little behind him and and his uh, return. I think it's a good shot. We see Altuve playing for the Astros this season before we see Lance McCars. And as the Astros factor this in, unless unless the rotation is springing leaks, right? they have their starting five. Hunter Brown had the little hitch with the back, but he's evidently okay. And then if you get down to Blanco or Bielak, I still don't think where the, the Astros are going to be in emergency mode. You wouldn't want to rush McCullers back anyway because of the history. And let's be real. The sooner you bring Lance McCullers back, the sooner you're getting to his next injury. Um, so, you know, if the rotation holds up, okay. And Hunter Brown blossoms, I don't mean that he's Verlander light, but he's just a good fifth starter behind what they have. One, two, three, four. And because of 19 games in 20 days or a doubleheader forced by a rainout, you need another start here or there. You know, I think the Astros, if they know McCullers would hold up healthily through another postseason, they could actually live with him joining the team in August. If he's going to pitch lights out for eight, nine starts. And well, other than the, the, Philadelphia experience, you know, give them some starts in the, in the postseason that you're good with. No rush at all uh, on Lance McCars, which is good because, you know, if he's basically playing catch, he's nowhere close. Is it just me or if Blanco doesn't make this team, I, I'd be more apt to, and I know I'm going to get destroyed for this, but I'd almost be more apt to make Belak the decision only because maybe they want to keep Blanco stretched out if they think that they may need him in a starting role later down the season and keeping him in a rotation in Sugarland might actually be a better long-term solution. I know we're all excited to see, you know, Blanco uh, at the major league level, but in a bullpen, you know, that's really stacked. I don't really see where the opportunities would be for him. It would almost seem like long-term thinking it'd be best for them to keep him in a role where he could stay stretched out and be more valuable to them later in the season in the event, you know, something happens or Lance McCullers can't make it back. Am I wrong in that? No, I'd agree with that. Uh, We do need to keep in mind Blanco's 29. So for all that he has shown this spring, it's not like he's young, some young phenom that, you know, Hey, this is what Forrest Whitley was supposed to be three years ago. Uh, Oh, Forrest Whitley. Can he creep into the mix at, at any point if he flourishes, uh, at Sugarland. So again, when you're talking about your conceivable sixth or seventh starter, or where's the spot for the ninth man in your bullpen, 
Uh, it's a reminder that the Astros are king of the mountain for a long list of reasons going into this season. Yeah, and you're going to need your relief pitchers probably early in the year. We've talked about the schedule. It is a lot of games to start April for the Astros, not many off days. So you're going to need maybe some guys like Seth Martinez to give you a couple innings every now and then. I, You know, even your Urquides of the world and Luis Garcia, it's, it's early in the season. You don't want these guys pushing it too hard at this point. It's a long way to go. You've already got to worry about McCullers. So let's be smart. Use that depth. You have the best bullpen in baseball. You know, let's put them to work a little bit here. Yeah. You know, it's not a long way to go opening day. Mm. It's it's Thursday. Uh, Astros White Sox. Just a couple of seasons ago, Astros met the White Sox in the ALDS. And then last season, the White Sox finished 511 games behind the Guardians. So over the offseason, Houston signs away their first baseman. The White Sox used to be the posh pick by the national pundits to be a dark horse. Like, oh, this is going to be the White Sox year. Instead of a dark horse, now they look more likely to be put out to pasture. Charlie, outside of Dylan Cease, who do I fear on this team? Uh, the White Sox have a, a lineup of uh, lacrosse fingers. Uh, Luis Robert, phenomenally talented player. Can he stay healthy and produce? Eloy Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez, a monster in the batter's box. Can he stay healthy and produce? Neither of those guys stayed healthy or produced at a high level last season. Um, You know, they hope to have Abreu back, but they move Andrew Vaughn in, who was the fourth pick in the draft, a hitting machine in college. He was a butcher in the outfield, so they're hoping that peace of mind playing first base helps his hitting. Another question mark uh, with a young player. Um, Elvis Andrus is their everyday second baseman going into the season. I just can't take a team seriously doing that. See Texas Rangers last several years at shortstop before last year. Uh, Tim Anderson's a, a fine player, but actually a hair overrated since he walks like once every three weeks. So batting 300 is on base percentage. Still isn't anything special. A couple of years ago, Yuan Mankata, their third baseman, looked like a breakout star. He broke into pieces last year and was terrible. You go to the rotation, uh, Cease is the truth. And, and this is one area where, you know, the Astros, you, you need to look hard to find question marks. But the drop-off post-Verlander, right, Fromber's going to be excellent. But Fromber wouldn't be the opening day starter if he was on the White Sox. He wouldn't be the opening day starter if he was on the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, probably wouldn't be the opening day starter with the Yankees, even if it's just because of Garrett Cole's contract. He wouldn't start over Shane McClanahan probably with the Rays. Um but Fromber's damn good. So even if he doesn't pitch like a number one ace, you're still solid with him and what you have behind him. But it's not like having Verlander where every time he went to the mound, you had the advantage in the pitching matchup. The White Sox, they have Dylan Cease and, and Lance Lynn, who had knee problems last year. Uh, older guys who are overweight, uh, that can cause problems. Pitched in the World Baseball Classic, a lot of eggs in the Lance Lynn basket. Lucas Giolito looked like a huge star. He's thrown a couple of gems against the Astros the last couple of years. But overall, in 2022, not very good. They won't have Tony Larusa nodding off in the dugout, so I suppose that helps them. But uh, you hit it, Brandon, right? Two years ago, I mean, the White Sox played a, a halfway competitive series, taking the Astros to four in the divisional round. And now a year later, I mean, the White Sox are a, a dark horse at best in a eh, American League Central. I did a little research here, MLB.com, who they project for the starters, you know, the, the lineup for the White Sox. Interesting, all five of their starters they have projected as right-handed pitchers. So we talked about the the left-handing hitting Astros who would make the roster. If you're going to try and platoon McCormick a little bit, 
it'll be interesting. You're, you're going to see all righties there. So, you know, perhaps we'll see them use some left-handed at bats to take advantage of that. Uh, the good news about Dylan Cease, uh, forgive me, I, I found this on Twitter and I don't have the source in front of me, but I trust the numbers. Against the Astros, 0-3, 630 ERA and four career starts against Houston. And at Minute Maid, only one appearance, three and a third innings, six earned runs. So if you're an Astros fan, you like to hear that. Yeah. In I mean, fairness, only one of those starts was last year when Dylan Cease exploded. I mean, he was fabulous. He was a runner-up to Verlander for the Cy Young, a 2.20 ERA after having been fair to Midland a couple of years before that. Um, so, uh, you know, in a single-game betting odds matchup, the Astros, of course, are favored Thursday at home, and they have the vastly better team. But if you were purely going by who was the better starting pitcher last year, actually would be advantage White Sox. Uh, but their closer, uh, Liam Hedricks, you know, great thoughts his way. I mean, he's battling uh, cancer. Uh, so not with them to, to start the season. Uh, the fourth starter I didn't mention when running through what the White Sox will be running out this weekend, uh, Mike Clevenger, right? The hideous yeah. accusations against him, but no charges coming from it. So he's clear to pitch. He'll be the number four guy. Uh, but after opening day, each game you line up just the pitching matchup, edge Astros, edge Astros, edge Astros. And I don't think we should read much into this, right? That Jose Arquiti seems lined up to be the game three starter, Luis Garcia, uh, not until game four. It's probably just a little stylistic breakup. Javier, the harder thrower in game two. Uh, not that Garcia is overpowering, um, but I'd say Arquiti is more a finesse guy. So just Dusty and and Josh Miller and the, the Brain Trust spacing out the starters ahead of Hunter Brown's first start, which will be uh, against the Tigers on Monday. It's not a lonely island that Cease finds himself on as a victim of that Astros lineup. Jay Roberts brings up an interesting point. Joe Kelly in town could be an interesting mm-hmm. weekend. You know, we've we've mentioned some of the some those quotes that came out of Joe Kelly's book. It could be some fireworks. Do we? Do you think we'll see? A, a Joe Kelly sighting. Do you think the Astros uh, faithful will have something for Joe Kelly? If he makes the team, I would think over four games, he does get in at some point. Uh, White Sox bullpen is kind of mix and match. Uh, I'm going to say Joe Kelly goes against type. I'm pretty sure the book didn't crack the New York Times bestseller list and is, is not going to. Uh, so maybe he can resist what seems to be the the character he is or has at least played in the past. Uh, no Carlos Correa uh, involved in an Astros-White Sox matchup. So I'm going to say uh, Joe Kelly is uh, is parsley on the plate uh, four days of uh, Astros-White Sox for us to eat up. Yeah, I bet we see him at some point. Good news, you know, he can't fight Carlos Correa. He's not going to be here. Uh, he can't throw at Jose Altuve. So those are some things we won't see happening with Joe Kelly. But, yeah, I'm sure he gets in there at some point, And I hope the, the faithful Minute made make him make him feel it. As, as we talked about earlier, you know, we kind of have an idea of who we think uh, will make this team or at least some projections. So let's talk about the projected uh, Astros lineup. And we're going off of uh, some of the projections that Brian McTaggart uh, put together. I have an order like this. You guys correct me if I have it this out of order. I made these notes quickly. Pena, Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker, Abreu, McCormick, Hensley, Myers, and Maldi uh, rounding it out. We've talked a lot about where Jeremy Pena would hit. And obviously the big uh, wrench, well, one of the wrenches that's been thrown into the gears here as uh, the uh, Brantley, but more recently 
It's the Altuve injury. So a lot of things at play here. Pena finds himself in that leadoff spot. Are you surprised to see Pena in the, projected in that leadoff role? I think there's the the lack of what you would think is a is a reasonable alternative or someone who would seem to meet the job definition when you include speed uh, top the lineup. Uh, Pena's growth year two, or I suppose the lack thereof, if you want to go downside on it. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch, right? After he became a postseason superstar, what's the build off that? Or was it just an insanely phenomenal three weeks? He's not going to hit 330 and slug 700 this year. Uh, but if you're going to lead off, an on-base percentage of 315 is not good enough. And that was Pena's batting average after he took off when placed in the two-hole. Right? For the season, he was a tick below 300, which is poor. Now, if he's going to hit with 22-plus home run power, that somewhat offsets that. But overall, for your lineup, your best shot of being as potent as you can be is the guy at the very top to get on base when followed with what the Astros have behind him. Uh, the other couple of things that immediately jump out, and no formal pronouncement from Dusty Baker on this yet, but getting your best guys up the most, right? if you're pushing Tucker up, and Abreu's behind him, that they're 4-5, as opposed to trying to spread out the lineup and going with Altuve 1, McCormick 2, or Myers 2. Hey, if McCormick or Myers breaks out and merits vaulting up the lineup, great. But off what they have, the Astros have still a big four. Pena's not part of that yet. Regular season Pena, well, maybe he grows into that. Uh, but if McCormick's going to be in there every day, and, and Josh, you mentioned uh, all White Sox right-handed starters, McCormick is lousy. Uh, against right-handed pitching, a sub-700 OPS as opposed to over 900 against lefties. Uh, Here, here, if it's Hensley rather than Dubon getting the first crack or at least the majority share of playing time at second base in Altuve's absence, um, he showed well, but we were talking 34 regular season plate appearances. Uh, You know, you really can have that line of demarcation at one through five. They're the slug and strows wearing out pitchers, running deep pitch counts. Uh, But then from six on down, particularly against righties, McCormick, Hensley, Myers, Maldi, um, you know, can be watched that first step down after the five spot. It's a doozy. Yeah, that's a fair point. And as much as I want to see Hensley uh, almost exclusively at second base, just to give him a shot, because we know Dubon, great defensively, but not a lot of offense there. I wonder with Dusty being your manager, Fromber on the mound, game one, lots of ground balls. Maybe Dubon gets that start in game one. That would not shock me whatsoever. I mean, obviously, these are projections. We have no idea if this is really where this will end up. But would you be surprised to see Tucker so high? I mean, obviously, extenuating circumstances here. You know, we've—I don't think we've ever seen Tucker in in the cleanup role in this lineup. Correct? No, and Abreu has never hit below fifth in his big league career. It's possible when the Astros have uh, all bats in their lineup with Altuve. If you go Tucker five, Abreu six. Uh, you know, Dusty likes to go righty, lefty, righty, lefty to make it tougher to bring in a lefty reliever where you have the, the lefties clustered. Uh, Jordan crushed lefties basically as much as he did righties. Tucker, not quite the same. Uh, but, you know, working from the, the projection we're working from, you know, if you're going Bregman, Jordan, Tuck, Abreu, you're going righty, lefty, lefty, righty, as opposed to if you want to break it up, the natural would be, to hit Abreu fourth behind Jordan, and then Kyle Tucker fifth, so you're going righty-lefty, righty-lefty. Um, other than a specific pitcher who just has you know, amazing splits and chews up left-handed pitching, you're going to still keep your lefties in the lineup. 
Uh, that would be the one thing that I'd say, yeah, I, I think that Dusty might want to go uh, Abreu right, Tucker left. But you know what? Tucker getting on base ahead of Abreu, Tucker can run, uh, right? Abreu, uh, if not a base clogger, certainly is not a guy who motors around the bases. Uh, Tucker might be their overall best base runner, base stealer. That would be one argument for me, having him on uh, up ahead of Abreu rather than vice versa. Yeah, I think whoever's hitting fifth, they're going to get pitched around a fair amount with you know the bottom of the Astros order not being what it usually is. So whoever hits five, you know, I'm not giving them my best stuff. I'm going to let the bottom of the order get me. Yeah, if you're Dylan Cease opening night, bottom of the first inning, the Astros have a threat going. Two out, second and third. Here's Abreu. They're not intentionally walking him to get McCormick. You're going to certainly pitch against Abreu very gingerly as opposed to letting your recent teammate batter you in, in game one. Again, with McCormick, everyone knows all the stats these days. Certainly the ball clubs do. Right? McCormick against a right-handed pitcher as opposed to Abreu against right-handed pitcher. Um, you know, It doesn't set us up that, oh, geez, Abreu's getting the damn Barry Bonds treatment. No one's pitching it to him. But if you don't have someone behind you, again, given the game situation, right? two out, no one on in the fourth inning, of course they'll go after Abreu. But in an RBI slot with Abreu's pedigree and McCormick's track record against right-handed pitching, fairly easy call. Thursday's starter is Fromber, as we talked about. Vegas has his win total, uh, the over-under at 14, I believe, in, 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 on some books. Do we think that's indicative? Are, are they reading a lot into uh, the elimination of the shift? Do they really think that there's going to be more ground balls from Fromber leaking out of that infield? Possibly. It has to matter somewhat. That's how he. That's his calling card. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys. It, you know, the strikeout numbers are good, but they're not – Cy Young level strikeout number. So I think that's part of it. And they're probably baking in a little bit of regression. And there's there's a lot of unknown with the Astros right now, especially with all these injuries. And and it Charlie kind of alluded to it. When you're going number one starter against number one starter, if Romberg faces off against all aces for his first few starts of the season, th- those are going to be tough games to come out of with O'Dub. So yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of that, too. The numbers, the numbers for Christian Javier are interesting as well. I'd be a little careful here pushing the over with Fromber. You know, you never know. The one thing with Fromber, though, is he goes deep in games more than anybody else. So if anybody's going to get you some dubs late in the game, Fromber's your guy. But, yeah, I think that's being baked in there a little bit, Brandon. And there's always that injury element. If a guy misses a chunk of the season, it just kills the over possibility. Yep. Uh, I think Fromber's a durable workhorse. He throws pretty freely and easily. He also works fairly quickly. I don't think he's going to be disrupted at all by the the, the pitch clock. So, uh, again, that wild card of health, which is the biggest wild card in life for all of us. Um, you know, he goes against Cease in the opener, but as soon as off days get staggered at all, Right, the Astros have an off day on a Monday, the upcoming up. He's not going to make 28 of his 32 starts against another team's number one starter. And and half the league, he's clearly better than that guy anyway, in mm-hmm. contrast to the, the teams that I mentioned. Well, if he was with the Blue Jays, he wouldn't be starting over Alex Manoa opening day. Uh, but I like over. What did he win last year, 18? 17. Um, 17. Okay, two months of no Altuve. Is that specifically going to cost Fromber three wins? Uh, I like Fromber at over 14 and a half. And one of you guys mentioned earlier when we were talking, uh, what was the number on Javier? If I recall, it was like 11. 11, like that. I think. I mean, that seems fish in a barrel easy, doesn't it, right? The only concern is what are we not getting? 
he made 25 starts last year, did blow through his career high in professional innings pitched. And, you know, there is some data that a guy who makes a more than 40 inning jump year to year, bigger injury risk, regression to mean. I don't know that we've seen enough from Javier to say there's regression. And 25 starts, his, his ERA was like 264. He gives up like five hits per nine innings. Um, bigger surprise if Javier wins 10 games or wins 20 games. <laughs> uh, 11 and a half. It's really 11 and a half. I want yeah. on Mattress Max next to uh, John to Vegas or Lake Yeah, John. I mean, he won 11 last year. You know, but he did start 25 games, to yeah. your point. He struggled with not having a lot of runs scored from him last year. That kind of hurt him a little bit, which you know you can't really control if you're a pitcher. No, but that could be a concern again. I mean, Charlie talked about it being baked into the number with uh, Fromber. I mean, Altuve's out. Brantley's out. Yeah, there's no clear timetable on those guys. You know, Jordan's was – you know, yeah, the hand thing, we, we, we assume he'll be – uh, you know, we assume he'll be ready for opening day. We don't know that. He also had stints uh, with the hand thing. He didn't go on the IL for it last year, but he did sit uh, for several games about it. And it, it kind of threw him off towards the end of the season as well. You know, sitting all those games, resting up to get his hands right. He, you know, did not, he was not in time when he came back. Uh, he didn't hit great in the postseason ex- outside of, you know, three really good games uh, when he, he had really crucial home runs in them. But outside of that, he was not super steady during the postseason. So maybe, maybe you know, it's not a uh, narrative about the pitchers regressing as much as it is. Maybe they think the offense would will regress a little bit. And that's, I guess that's a fair assessment considering, you know, uh, what you're looking at here and maybe just the overall odds, right? Just, the, the team regressing to the mean like they've been so dominant over the past six seasons that maybe it's just kind of a, a, a betting on, on, on the regression just overall. Yeah. Obviously going into this season, it's not as good a team as, as what won the world series uh, last year compounded of course, by Altuve being out for the first two months and however long after that. Um, but if they, by Astros platinum standards fall apart, right? Unless it all goes to hell in a handbasket and they go 90 and 72. I think someone's still winning 15 games. Yeah. Uh, so Fromber and, and Javier, one, two in their rotation. I'd, I'd still go over, even if the team does drop off somewhat sharply. And, and that's why, you know, it's fun to play that we don't get any respect card. And it's part of the fans <laughs> rally to want to be us against the world and so forth. Anyone seen anyone's power rankings going into the season that do not have the Astros number one? Because they won 106 last year they cannot come particularly close to that and be the best team in baseball because the Dodgers won 111 I mean they've turned over half their lineup with prospects and and lose Gavin Lux for the year already and have a couple questions in their rotation they'll still be good but they're not going to win 111 but just sticking to the American League uh the Yankees won 99 60 percent of their rotation starting a season on the injured list and then you drop down to what the Guardians who won 92 the Mariners 90 so the Astros have a, a nice comfort level, right? Their margin for error is not what it was with last year's team. But if they go from 106 wins all the way down to 95, the number they won when Verlander missed all of 2021, I think 95 still wins the division. Good chance it's still the best record in the American League, or at least the second best record in the American League, and you avoid the two out of three wild card, and you're right there in October to try to make another run. Yep. And I would say with Javier, too, we talked about it. 
you know, he doesn't go super deep in games so far. Well, you know, we'll see if he takes that jump this year. So if you want to win a lot of games, you know, you got to go five plus. So, you know, we'll see. And Javier's done a great job of being just a little more accurate, you know, walking less guys. We saw that in the playoffs. He made some adjustments, keeping his uh, front shoulder closed a little longer. So if he keeps that up and he walks less guys, that means he can go deeper into games for the Astros this year. So if we knew as point of fact, only one of them is going over his personal total. total. Fromber over 14 and a half or Javier over 11 and a half? I'd go Javier. Yeah, me too. I the the from boringly that, unanimous. No, I, I know, but I hate, but but that that one does seem like the obvious one. Whereas Fromber, maybe there is regression. I, I you know may, I need I need to see what you know the what the shift or the the, the lack thereof does to uh, ground ball pitchers, especially Fromber, and especially against left handed hitters. So uh, and throw in the infield defense figures to be lesser too. While Altuve is out, Hensley, yeah. Dubon, whomever. And Abreu, who's competent, but he's not Guriel with the leather. Yeah. Um, well, you you mentioned power rankings, and so I want to quick quickly. I know we've, we're thirty five minutes into this, but I wanted to quickly touch on this because Josh, you you brought this up in, in pre show. Uh, twenty, you know, we talked about twenty six man rosters. FoxSports.com's Jordan Schusterman gave his MLB twenty six under power rankings, and that's teams with players that are twenty six years of age or younger. And um, the let's just do the top three here. Number three is uh, the Orioles. Number two, the Braves. Number one, Houston Astros. Charlie, we. You know, we've seen a lot of these uh, interestingly constructed lists where you kind of outside the normal, you know, power rankings. Uh, There's always uh, whenever we talk about um, the organization, what the farm system looks like, Astros typically ranked lower. So it's interesting. I I don't know why the arbitrary cutoff at 26, but the 26 number certainly allows them to be higher ranked because of the guys on the roster right now. But what does this mean to you? Obviously this is just, you know, this is a, a, an article to get clicks and we clicked on it, but what does this say to you about the longevity of the Astros and the staying power of this roster that's constructed by Jim Crane and the number of GMs that have, uh, been under him the last legs are not in sight you know they're still a good ways down the track uh now this cut line is rather fortuitous for the astros right you'd think 25 midpoint between 20 and 30 the more natural number 26 and under qualifies christian javier just turned 26 a couple days ago kyle tucker turned 26 a couple of months ago luis garcia is 26 so if you went to 25 and under, well, then the Astros plunged down the list. Uh, you know, Jordan turns 26 this year. He'd still qualify, I think, as, as the 25 line. Um, but it, it reminds me, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, somewhat faux outrage years ago uh, when the Rockets had some degree of relevance, uh, railed when asked about Yao Ming uh, coming close to averaging 20 and 10 one season, 20 points and 10 rebounds. And Jeff was, what, if he averages 19 and 90 sucks? So, you know, if you draw the line at 25 or 26, that's heart of prime, young, vibrant, male, but vitality. And the Astros have a whole bunch of it for a while to come. They do. And I, I thought it was an interesting breakdown. They, they kind of give you a one to 10 ranking for your big league position players. Astros got a 10. 
Jordan Tucker Pena. We hit on that. That makes sense. And the big league pitchers they hit on as well, Javier Garcia. Uh, they included uh, Brayu in there as well, which is and who can argue with that, the way he pitched at the end of last year. And then Hunter Brown, of course. But they make the point that it's the prospects where the Astros don't get the check marks, right? The prospect position players, they got a two out of 10, only really citing Drew Gilbert, Jacob Melton. And then finally, the prospect pitchers, it's a lot of young guys most of us aren't super familiar with, but then they also throw in a wild card of, you know, what if Forrest Whitley turns into something. But to Charlie's point, what they're getting at here is it's not the end of the world if the Astros rank kind of low in prospect position for in prospect pitching because they're going to be good for several more years, which and that's why they hired Dana Brown is to replenish that farm system. So as they're still winning, they, they can tack on some of these prospects. And then who knows, and, you know, in two or three years, you know, maybe maybe they're ranked, you know, eight or nine on this instead of a, a two or a three. And, and no futzing around the fact that, of course, you'd love to have the Astros teaming with the next wave of can't miss type guys, Bregman, Correa, McCullers, Tucker, and have their farm system ranked in the top five. Well, it's tough to be there when you're great. Uh, you know, credit to the, the Dodgers for, for maintaining, uh, though it's still just one World Series title for them in, in this era. Uh, but within the American League West, you know, maybe the Rangers make a huge leap and they do have what's considered a top five farm system. Mariners farm system now, no good. Angels farm system perpetually, no good. A's, doesn't matter, utter, utterly irrelevant. Uh, so the Astros are still working from a position of strength, as we've covered here on more than one occasion. You know, start with the starting pitching, where almost everyone is under control for at least three more years. And then you have Jordan and Tuck, three years at least in Tucker's case, starting six for Jordan, Altuve, and Bregman this year and next. And then you figure out beyond and time for a Gilbert and, you know, one other outfielder to develop. Uh, Jacob Melton probably will get the, the first, uh, you know, hope wish on that. Uh, but one other thing on the, on the point, and, you know, talent wins over time, but player development where the Astros have excelled in, in this era uh, matters a whole bunch. And Dana Brown's pedigree with the Braves on this as well. You know, you can't take chicken, you know what, and turn it into chicken salad, but you can – you can upgrade it, you know, if you can turn sixes into eights, if not tens, and especially when you, you build on that and accrue those sorts of, of upgrades. Um, you know, think of University of Texas football. You can recruit all the five stars and four stars you want. Well, if you don't have a good player development system, you're not going to matter over time. Uh, the Astros have checked pretty much all boxes. The farm system is in an ebb phase, but they can get more out of less because of player development as Dana Brown builds up where they can get more out of more because there's just a higher threshold, tele, uh, th- a higher talent threshold for that next generation of, you know, five-star prospects. Yeah. We saw a guy like Rafael Montero take a step up in his career and have his best career year with the Astros last year. The Astros hope that Ronel Blanco can make a similar jump in his career because those guys are in similar age. Uh, one minor correction is that the Dodgers with one Mickey Mouse title in the last decade. It's not an episode of Stone Cold Strohs if I don't take the opportunity to be real petty with a rival. And this is where you can actually take the opportunity to comment because 
We This is where we give our bottom line question of the week. I toss out a question to the guys and everyone that's in the chat in the comment section, uh, you get your opportunity to respond back and we will read those uh, replies right now. So guys, uh, you don't know what this question is because I just came up with it. Uh, who do you think will be the first Astro to hit a home run in the 2023 regular season? I guess I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> if we go by this projective batting lineup, uh, give me Jeremy Pena. Uh, Why, not? Why not? Yeah, that's a good one. Channel George Springer with the lead off the season opener with a home run. Yep. Cease and desist order for Dylan yep. to open his season with a bang. <sighs> I'll go Kyle Tucker. Mm, those are good guesses. Like he's on a vengeance tour for losing his arbitration hearing and I need to just destroy baseball planet earth this year to grease the skids for you better give me that 10 year contract extension at a quarter billion dollars, but we're just tuck chucking darts at the board and, and tuck's going to make a run at 30, 30 and maybe it won't be opening night. Uh, but as with Josh's choice, you know, Payne is going to be in the lineup the first night and the second night and the third night and the fourth night. Uh, I'll go Tucker leaving Jordan on the board for you, Brandon. But if he doesn't hit it opening night, do they play him consecutive games, treat the hands gingerly? You could go yeah. Bregman or you're going to stun us all. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go different Mom. here. I'm going to go. Cause you kind of you kind of shamed me on taking the same answer as as Josh earlier. So I'm going to go way different. I'm going to say. Jose Abreu is going to have a welcome to Houston moment and being the first Astro this season to hit a home run just because I think that'd be a cool narrative and moment for him on this team. You know, maybe Jose acclimates himself real well, especially against his former team. Maybe he sees something coming. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get to these. Let's get to these answers here. Uh, Heather's first out of the gate. She says Pena as well. Uh, Steve's with me. Steve says Abreu. Uh, Wallace is going to go Pena as well. Uh, we got to vote for your daddy. Uh, that's a good one. I, I probably should have picked that one, but I'm not interested in being right. Uh, Ho Professor Rufus is with me. He says Jose Abreu as well. Uh, we get another vote for Pena from Astro Wharf. Eddie Ruiz says Bregman. That's a great one. Uh, Marty says that as well. Taylor's going to go with Jordan. John's with me. He says Abreu as well, assuming he means uh, Jose Abreu and not Brian Abreu. Uh, Warren Jones is going to say uh, Alex, which I assume is Bregman. Uh, Pena is uh, the vote by Bam. Taylor says not Dubon. <laughs> so she, she's taking the field. But Professor Rufus actually comes back and says, he changes his vote. Can't do that, Professor Rufus. Uh, Mauricio Dubon is his vote. Uh, but he, he qualifies that and says inside the park. And then Ben-Hur uh, also agrees with me as well and says Abreu. So you know what? I had a lot of people join me in the uh, Jose Abreu vote. So uh, either way. familiar with their staff, Brandon. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, there, there's, there's some good vibes around that. So uh, we want to thank everyone who just participated in that. And if you're not live with us, Hey, you can still comment after the fact in the comment section. Uh, make sure you're commenting. If you want to hear us talk about something or have suggestions for the show, 
uh, and you're not too mean spirit about it, please give us uh, some comments. There's a lot of different options on this platform and others to consume as far as Astros content and everything else. You can watch and listen to anything. So we do appreciate you choosing us. And if you want to choose us again, we will be back here again Monday. The season will be going. We'll actually be talking about real games that actually count in the record books. And until then, we do appreciate it. Go Strohs.